This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for 2020 models and special offers. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Ah, good morning, Canada. Zacchino riding solo today for the next two hours. But don't worry, it's not going to be two hours of preaching by the Z-Man, although I all know that that's exactly what you want, or you wouldn't be tuning in. Instead, I'm going to give you some Interviews with Doug Bell today. Dougie's going to be with us. Doug's my colleague on PGA Tour Radio. Doug's going to join us from the Honda Classic in Hour 1. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going down in Palm Beach. And he's been calling the action. He's been inside the ropes with Brandon Steele, our leader at the Honda Classic this week. So we'll get a first-hand account on what's been going down with uh, the Honda Classic. Also, just the weather. Why is that golf course so difficult? It just seems to be... Annually, one of the most difficult stops on the PGA Tour down at PGA Tour National. Obviously, the bear trap. We like to hype this stuff up. And, it, you know, obviously, those three holes are very challenging. The bear trap, 15, 16, 17. It's one of the hardest stretches in the world of golf. Always in the top five annually on the PGA Tour. Usually in the top three on the PGA Tour. But there's more to that golf course than just the bear trap, where the lead wouldn't be at five under par through 36 holes where Brandon Steele is. And it's typically a tournament that is won somewhere between eight under, nine under, 12 to 13 under. It's not one of these tournaments that get away with you. So why is that? We'll talk to Doug today about that. Also, not sure if you caught this, and we are going to do some news and headlines here off the top, but... Tiger announced his dinner menu at the Champions Dinner for the Masters this week. He suggested they're going to have fajitas and sushi. Okay. Yes, go! Well, fajitas and sushi. I like fajitas. Not the biggest sushi guy in the world. I don't mind a bit of sushi. Uh, found it interesting that that was the menu. Apparently, he served this back in 06 as well. So we want to know from you. Hit us up at Golf Talk Canada. That's at Golf Talk Canada. Hit us up. If you were defending champion, if you were doing the champion's dinner, what would be your menu at the champion's dinner at Augusta? Now, if you participate with us on Golf Talk Canada this morning, at Golf Talk Canada with your menu, you're going to have a chance to win a TaylorMade swag bag. TaylorMade swag bag. We are giving away a dozen TP5 picks. That's right, the TP5 picks, the new golf ball that was co-designed with Ricky Fowler that just hit the shelves yesterday. Uh, is going to be in your hands with a few other cool things from TaylorMade. We've got a travel cup. We've got a beer warmer, a bunch of things in this TaylorMade swag bag. It's yours. All you got to do is uh, participate. Hit us up on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada with your menu. If you were doing the Champions Dinner at Augusta, what would you be serving? And we'll draw uh, for the winner later on this week. So it's pretty cool. Check, check out that ball. Saw it back in December. And... Very cool alignment path on this new picks golf ball. Something you can clearly see and something that Ricky Fowler was really invested in, more so than you would imagine. Most of these guys just kind of lend their name to a product, so to speak, very, uh, quite often. Not in Ricky Fowler's case. Bob had a chance to speak with Mike Fox uh, from the ball team at TaylorMade, and we're going to run that interview for you actually coming up in the next segment so you know exactly what is all about this new picks. For 2020, we got winners wearing what? We'll touch base with Bob and Scully in hour two. Leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. But first, let's hit some news and headlines. 
News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. All right, right off the top, more Tiger. Okay, enough with the menus, Tiger. Enough with the menus. Tiger Woods announces he is skipping the API, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, for the second year in a row. Tiger taking a pass. This caught me off guard. When you consider how poorly he played at Riviera, at Genesis, just a few weeks ago. Now, Tiger made the cut. Okay, could have been worse. He, you know, could have gone home after 36 holes. But for everyone who made the cut at Riviera, he finished dead last. Dead last for everyone to get to the weekend. He was at the bottom of that barrel. We have not seen the Tiger that we saw back at the end of 2019 in 2020. We have not seen the Tiger that was dominant at the President's Cup. Clearly the best American at the President's Cup. We've not seen the Tiger that won in October in Japan on the PGA Tour, the Zozo Championship. We've not seen that Tiger. Instead, we've seen a very sluggish Tiger. He didn't play bad at Torrey Pines, but by the time we got to Riviera, getting wedges stuck in the ground, not hitting fairways, not making putts, not a lot to build on. Now, I suggested at the time this was a one-off, not to put too much weight in it, and I still don't want to put too much weight in it. However, not going to play a competitive round between Riviera, your worst performance probably in the last 12 months, and then Augusta, excuse me, not Augusta, the Players' Championship. You're just going to show up at the Players' Championship. So we're assuming he's going to show up at the Players' Championship, which is two weeks away. But if that's going to be the only tournament we see between now and Augusta, and he has suggested that he's already preparing for Augusta, he has a blueprint for Augusta. We're going to talk to Bob a little bit more about this later on in the show. But he's confident in his path to the Masters, so to speak. But I'm absolutely shocked that that path does not include the Arnold Palmer Invitational and that we're just going to show up at TPC Sawgrass in two weeks ready to go. Mark uh, Steinberg, his agent, suggested the back is still stiff, not quite right. He says that's the new norm. This is a bit head-scratching in terms of what to expect from Tiger Woods. Patrick Reed. Did anybody see what Reed did in Mexico last week? Just when you thought this guy might go, you know... A little too much to carry on my shoulders. All the negative press, all the negative comments from pa- for Patrick Reed. Kepka, Costas, everybody on the planet taking a shot at Reed when they can. And not suggesting that the shots weren't, uh, weren't justified. You know, he, he brought that type of criticism upon himself with his behavior. Not suggesting that at all. But instead, I think it fuels Patrick Reed. I think he loves it. I spoke to Scully about this last week when Scully was hosting GTC and I was covering the WGC for PGA Tour Radio. I said, this fuels Patrick Reed. He goes on to the victory. And just when you thought Patrick Reed may have seen his last day on a U.S. international team, we keep thinking this every year. Okay, this is the year we don't see Reed on, an, on Team USA, whether it's a Ryder Cup whether it's a President's Cup, if he's got to rely on a captain's pick, it's going to be no read for Team USA. All of a sudden, he vaults to number three on the U.S. Ryder Cup team standing. So get used to it. He's at three right now. 
unless he falls outside of the top eight, which would be very hard to do to fall outside the top eight at this point. He'd have to go lost in the wilderness for the rest of the summer, get used to Reed on Team USA. He's going to be back in that dressing room looking at those same faces and and playing alongside those same guys come the Ryder Cup later on this year at Whistling Straits. There was another PGA Tour event last week in Puerto Rico. The Puerto Rico Open. Victor Hovland joins his friends Mike Wolf and Colin Morikawa as now a winner on the PGA Tour. Unbelievable what has transpired in six, seven months of the start of those three players' careers on the PGA Tour. They're all winners now. They all have exemption on the PGA Tour. What a class of players that came out to us in 2019. Victor Hovland not having the week he wants in, in at the Honda Classic at Palm Beach Gardens, but what a way to win. He had a three-shot lead with eight holes to go in Puerto Rico. Triple bogeyed the 11th hole and fought back to win his first-ever PGA Tour event by burying a 30-footer on the final green for birdie for his first ever PGA Tour victory. Well done, Victor Hovland. And from there, he vaults to the top 60 in the world, which gets him into the Players' Championship. If he can get in the top 50 in the world by the last week of March, he'll be heading to the Masters. Currently not qualified for the Masters, as this was not a full-field event on the PGA Tour, Tour, only 300 FedEx Cup points. So it doesn't give him the automatic invitation to to Augusta like most PGA Tour victories do. However, he is one step closer. Brooks Kepka. If I had to do it again, I'd play baseball. That was his comments in an interview this week. If I had to do it again, I'd play baseball We'll just get into this a little later in Winter's Weird and What, but come on, Brooks. Like, more shots at the golf community? Like, how is it a weekly basis that you just got to pretend that you just don't care about this part? Anyway, we're going to leave that alone for, for the moment because we're going to pick that up in hour two in Winter's Weird and What. But Kepka, by the way, for somebody who doesn't care, for somebody who'd rather play baseball, just missed the cut at the Honda Classic. And it shows. Thank you. He has shown zero form in 2020. Zero form. So instead of giving us sound bites, Brooks, you might want to get your game in order. And finally, big clap to our friends at the RBC Canadian Open. They announced the RBC Concert Music Series this week. Chainsmokers and Keith Urban, the concert at this year's RBC Canadian Open. I know Lawrence Applebaum is probably listening this morning. If he's not listening this morning, he's listening to the podcast at some point this weekend or earlier this week. Lawrence, my wife, Mrs. GTC, big applause. She got very excited when she heard Keith Urban. And I think she likes the Chainsmokers, too. I think that's a pretty cool lineup. Uh, It was a big success last year. I'm sure the Canadian Open is going to be a monster success this year. If you're not visiting the RBC Canadian Open, if you're listening to us this morning on 1050 in Toronto, and you do not have plans to be at the RBC Canadian Open at St. George's later this year, you're a fool. Get your tickets, get it lined up, get organized with the friends and family now, and get the posse together and get out to the RBC Canadian Open because this is going to be a good one. We're going to have an incredible field. We've got Rory McIlroy's defending champion. We've got one of the top five golf courses in the country on a regular basis. we got it almost in the heart of Toronto. And we are one week before the U.S. Open. When the U.S. Open is on the eastern seaboard at Wingfoot in New York, we're in Toronto. The field's going to be great. The party's going to be great. 
Get yourself to the RBC Canadian Open. Get your damn act together. Thank you very much. And by the way, Lawrence, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, demanding VIP access this year to the concert series. So I don't know. We'll have to figure out that one. Maybe I have to do some volunteering in one of the parking lots to make that happen. Okay. On the other side, Bob spoke to Mike Fox about the new TP5 Picks golf ball and Carlsbad. We're giving it away this week on GTC. We'll hear from Bob and Mike next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for 2020 models and special offers. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. Zakino in studio. We'll hear from Weeksy and Scully an hour or two. We'll also hear from Doug Bell from the Honda Classic. Lots to get to today, but we're giving away TP5 Picks, the new golf ball launch from TaylorMade and some TaylorMade swag this morning. But you got to send me your master's menu, your champion's dinner menu. If you were defending champ, what would you serve at the champion's dinner? Hit me up at Golf Talk Canada. We'll draw for the winner. What is the TP5? X. What is the TP5? What is picks? Bob had a chance to speak to Mike Fox from TaylorMade about the 2020 ball lineup. All right, Mike, let's talk a little bit about uh, golf balls for TaylorMade. And it's really a story about building on the success that you enjoyed and have built up with TP5 and TP5X. How, uh, how gratifying is it to see that ball start to capture market share? Man, for the last three years, TP5 and 5X has been the hottest tour ball in the world. No one has grown as much in that tour ball category as we have with that product. And when you look at a product like the 5 and 5X when we originally launched in 2017, that product was truly 10 years in the making. To take five layers over those 10 years of development to where that 5 and 5X really has now come to has been an amazing journey. And to see the success it's been having with market share growth and more people coming back and buying dozens and dozens and dozens one after another and the new people switching in every day is really an amazing thing to watch. And that movement that's happening out in retail is the same thing that's happening on tour. We spent most of the year with six of the top 11 players in the world using our golf ball. Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler this year, as well as numerous others. And to have those guys playing our products and have a tour staff like that supporting it is really like nothing else going on and that same movement is, is happening everywhere and it's really cool to watch and i understand canada is a particularly good market for tp5 tp5x just like with everything else canada continues to be a trendsetter and it's no different when it comes to the golf balls and for you guys in canada we've had success with golf balls beyond what the rest of the world has Honestly, Canada has the largest um, playing population of golfers anywhere in the world. You have a larger percentage of people considering themselves golfers than anywhere else. And honestly, you have lower handicaps than almost anywhere else in the world. So you've been able to identify better performing product faster than almost anywhere else in the world in, in addition. And seeing that trend and only that continue to grow to where we become one of the top balls and some of the largest retailers in the world, but also in Canada, 
it has really been a huge success story. So to be able to have the rest of the world follow your lead, lead couldn't be more exciting than us. Well, on behalf of all Canadians, thank you for that. <laughs> and I understand thank that you. There's, there's some, some growth for TP5 and TP5X in terms of uh, some new things you're bringing out. Yeah, as much success as we've had with 5 and 5X, one of the fastest growing trends in golf right now is in the non-white golf ball space. Things like yellow products and things like visual technology with picks is a core focus and strategy for us moving forward. And going into next year, we're going to take our TP5 and 5X products and offer them in a new high visibility yellow finish. A significant portion of our business is now in this non-white golf ball category and be able to offer a yellow version of our 5 and 5X is really a big deal. Um, be able to create an easier to see product that's as durable as we can possibly make it. In this construction that, as you guys know, is the best performing one we can possibly make, it is really a huge opportunity for the golfer out there. Okay. And then uh, PIX is also another area where you're getting some growth and you had some helping hand from, uh, from Ricky Fowler. Tell us that story and, and, and about PIX in general. Yeah, so as I mentioned, visual technology is a core focus and strategy for TaylorMade moving forward. And we've learned a lot over the last year with the selling of TP PIX product, TP5 PIX product, the original generation. And when we originally launched PIX, it was about creating products that were easier to see. But over the last year of selling it and three years of making it, we've learned a lot. But we've learned just as much in the working with Ricky Fowler over the last year of starting the signing process. And what I mean by that is when we first started signing Ricky Fowler, and we introduced him to the entire line of golf balls, when he saw PIX for the first time, him and his team immediately gravitated towards it. You know, we all know Ricky fashion, performance, that, that's him. He immediately was into it. But he had ideas on how to make it better. And over the last year, it's been a true collaboration between Ricky and ourselves to make this next generation PIX product for 2020 something like the world has never seen. The new generation PIX product is not just gonna have multicolor, 12 evenly spaced images to be easier to see like the prior generation, but it's also gonna have something we call clear path alignment. This is something that Ricky was incredibly involved in. What we did is we took these 12 evenly spaced images and we found this clear path right through the center. And what we did is we took the TaylorMade logo and where you normally would see another TaylorMade logo on the other side, you're only going to see one. And for the first time ever, we took the product stamp, TB5 and 5X, and aligned it with the TaylorMade brand stamp. So when you line up this product on the putting green and you roll that golf ball, you see this perfect black line through the center. And for Ricky, he's consistently one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. And anything that would help him get better feedback where it matters most was something he was incredibly interested in, but something the average golfer could really benefit from as well. Let's move on to tour response and uh, another great story and a, and a new story for you guys yeah. this year. Tell us about it. So, tour response for us is as big an opportunity as I think there is in golf. There's rare within golf where we see as big a parity between this product and the competition as we're seeing with Tour Response and other products in the price point. And really the reason for that is Tour Response is specifically designed for, for all golfers but with Tour technology. And when I say Tour technology, I primarily mean the cached urethane cover that's on this golf ball. We all know cached urethane, thermoplastic urethane, but urethane as a material is used on all Tour products out there. PGA Tour, Champions Tour, Canadian Tour. If you're a professional golfer, you're using a urethane golf ball. It's the industry standard when it comes to what creates the best performing product. It's like titanium faces on drivers. For the first time, we're creating a product at an average price point that utilizes cash urethane. We're the only OEM that's gonna be doing something like this. 
the reason the best players in the world use urethane, it's softer, it's more durable, but primarily it creates significantly more spin. You look at these cover peels, these are ionomer or surlin products, incredibly rigid. You look at a urethane product, it's, it blows in the wind. It's incredibly soft. And what that does is it helps stick in the faces of the groove, stick in the grooves on the face of a club to generate more spin, significantly more spin, thousands of RPMs more spin. Typically when we talk about differences in golf balls or golf clubs, it's a few yards here, it's a mile an hour there. To talk about thousands of RPMs of difference between urethane products and serlin ionomer products is as big a parity difference as there is. And the Tor Response product is truly the only product offering 100% cash urethane from an OEM at that really value, or the more valued price point. And the performance you're gonna get is, is unlike anything else out there. If you are worried about a price point though, there is a ball for you out there in, in, in the response family. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? As much as obviously urethane creates better performance and, and we believe in wholeheartedly, and is gonna create the biggest difference for consumers when trying to generate spin around the green, there is just, there is truly a price barrier for some golfers, and we still want to create better performance for really all player types at all price points. And the Soft Response product that's in the Response family offers that performance benefit for the golfer looking to spend a little bit less. Soft Response is truly about maximizing distance for the average player. It has a unique extended flight dimple pattern on it that keeps that golf ball in the air longer at lower ball speeds and lower spin rates. Typically when you hear about average players, they say, hey, you need more spin to keep the ball in the air. But more spin is gonna create more drag that's gonna hinder your distance. So we really solved the initial problem, which was the issue of drag and lift. Our unique dimple pattern, which is a shallower U-shaped design with sharper edges, extends the flight of the product at lower ball speeds and lower spin rates to keep that ball in the air longer to maximize distance for that average swing speed player. And it's really an amazing product to maximize performance for that golfer that's just not as necessarily in that premium price point. Uh, it's a great lineup, great story all around. Congratulations. No, Bob, thank you so much. We couldn't be more excited to continue the momentum of really what's been an incredibly run for the last three years. Yeah, I switched to the TP5 at the end of last year. I've been playing the TP5X now for the last couple of years. It's the best golf ball I've ever played. Now with the picks, if you're one of those players who likes to use the line to line up your putter, you like alignment aids on the ball to match with the putter, you got to try the new 5 or 5X picks, TP5, TP5 picks. TP5X picks and your chance to win, you got to hit us up at Golf Talk Canada with your menus. We're going to go to break. Before we do, i got to show this one. Andrew Dunn, this one's great. He would serve southern brisket slow-cooked for 12 hours, P.I. baked potatoes and fiddleheads, and, of course, because of our Canadian sense of humor, Corona beer. Take that virus. That's from Andrew Dunn hitting us up this morning. So at Golf Talk Canada, send us your Masters Champions dinner menu. We're going to draw for a TaylorMade swag bag, including a dozen TP5 picks golf balls. On the other side, down to Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, for the Honda Classic with Doug Bell from PGA Tour Radio. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little Tiffany. I'm aging myself. I know that's Tiffany in like three notes. That's pretty sad right there. Yeah, Z-Man riding solo today. All my friends with me here in the Golf Talk Canada studio as we are breaking down everything in the world of golf. And obviously this week, everybody looking at Palm Beach Gardens, Florida at the Honda Classic. And what is turning out to be a very difficult, challenging PGA National like it is on an annual basis. Head scratching how difficult this is year in and year out. We talk a lot about the bear trap, but there's more to PGA National and just the bear trap and help us break it down my friend my colleague on pga tour radio also a veteran member worked for espn has worked the masters for cbs my buddy doug bell doug thanks for taking time this morning how are we doing in palm beach i'm guessing a little better than i'm doing here in the great white north <laughs> z-man we're doing great um i'm right now standing outside the st louis cardinals locker room at roger dean stadium in jupiter florida and you're thinking now wait a minute what are you doing I do this every year on Saturday before I go out for the Honda Classic. I'm a big Cardinals fan, and I come over and rub elbows with the players and, and the sports writers, and I talk to Mike Schilt, the manager, and it's it's great. And they want to know about golf. I want to know about baseball. So I do this every year. I look forward to it. Uh, yeah, this is a great trip for me, Mark. Okay, well, first of all, there is no surprise there at all, Dougie, because I have been to enough corners of America with you, and you dragging me some AAA ballpark and throwing the hot dog at me and saying, all right, this is this is what we're doing tonight. So that, that does not surprise me at all. Uh, Doug, okay, we're, I want to jump into this leaderboard. I know you were with Brandon Steele. Before we get to Brandon yeah. Steele, though, just generally speaking, we talk about the bear trap. We know it's typically in the top five often the top three stretch of holes on the PGA Tour in terms of difficulty on an annual basis, and often, including majors, it'll find itself in in that category on some years. But there's more to PGA National. Tee to green, what makes this golf course so difficult? Why do we see winning scores at PGA National kind of held back? You know, we just had that huge conversation about how distance is destroying the game and scores are getting out of control and yada, yada, yada. Doesn't seem to happen here at PGA National. Well, you know, it's all about angles, as you know, because you're a heck of a player. And when you go to a golf course like this, number one, it's Florida. And I grew up down here. So, and it's a, it's a Nicholas design. And so you're going to have uh, a degree of difficulty that, that Jack has in all his layouts. But number one, it's Florida, so you have a ton of wind. We're very close to the ocean here. Um, you have a, a ton of water. Uh, there's 15 out of 18 holes at PGA National where water definitely comes into play. And you have just a, a boatload of sand out there. So you have wind, uh, you have water, and you have sand. And, and these angles, if you miss the fairway mark, you're looking at huge numbers, and we saw some of the great players like Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler and uh, Justin Rose. Some, some of these guys really struggled because they're just not hitting it well, uh, especially off the tee. 
And, for example, Luke Donald yesterday played one of his better rounds in a long time. He lives down here. He had eight birdies. But as he told me yesterday, you know, his problem over the last ten years has been finding fairways. He just doesn't hit it straight off the tee, looking for extra length. It's brought in other issues. And yesterday he said, listen, Doug, I found the fairway. I mean, I was hitting fairways, and that set me up for a, a chance to get up in the green and, and course putting is his strength so so that's that's the answer to your question why is pga national so tough number one it's an incredibly difficult layout but you're throwing all these elements of mother nature with the wind and and water uh but the angles that nicholas has designed boy and mark some of these holes i mean you could you can hit a fairway and it caroms off into the rough and the rough isn't isn't crazy but it's enough to make it very difficult so uh yeah traditionally these guys you know, California, there are some tough tracks, but uh, Chapultepec compared to PGA National, and we're talking about really a walk in the park at Chapultepec, which is a great golf course in Mexico City, but the degree of difficulty much different than you have here at PGA National. Yeah, never mind the fact that you go from altitude turning a you know a 7,000-yard-plus yeah. golf course into a 6,400-yard golf course with altitude <laughs> in Mexico City. Then you come here, Dougie, and you play in a swamp and hitting it through mud. <laughs> the ball goes nowhere in Florida, right? So... <laughs> And it's cold. It is. Well, let's use. Let's not throw words around cold. You're speaking to Canada this morning. We can't throw the word around cold too uh, too loosely. Okay, so it's going to be interesting to see if Luke Donald can keep the driver in the fairway over the weekend. If he does, it sounds like he might be part of the storyline. No surprise that Lee Westwood is there because Lee's had a great year. He won in Europe on the Desert Swing. He contended in the early rounds last week. I thought Lee's had a good solid year, but now I'm looking at the numbers and I'm guessing the story for Brendan Steele, who you were with yesterday, 11 of 14 fair, fairways in terms of driving yeah. accuracy. I'm assuming that's the story of how Brandon Steele gets to the top of this leaderboard. Yeah, there's no question. You know, he's a California guy, and he, he said, you know, 10 years ago when he first started coming to the Florida Swing, especially PGA National, he hated it. You know, he just, you know, he was a, loved the California, the Poe, and all that. But when he comes here to the Bermuda, uh, you know, as we've discussed, it's just a different feel. But now he said after he's played it for about a decade, he kind of likes it. You know, he's, he's comfortable. Uh, and Brendan Steele, if you look at the numbers, Mark, for the longest hitters on tour, um, he's right up there in the top 12 to 14 longest hitters on tour. And people don't realize that. He gets it out there. I mean, he's a, he's a skinny guy. He's not stout by any stretch of the imagination. But he creates a lot of club head speed. And, and he puts it out there. He was very accurate yesterday. And we saw the uh, iron play at number 10. And, you know, that's a par 5 for the regular players, par 4 for these guys. It's 500-plus yards. And he has 205 yards to a tuck pin over on the right side of the green, and he throws it up there to 10 feet. I mean, it was a heck of a play. Then all of a sudden at 15, 180 yards, the par 3 started the bear trap. And I don't know how that stayed out of the hole. I mean, it went down and then just rimmed out, but almost an ace. But he was four inches away, so that was a kick in birdie. So, yeah, I mean, his iron play was superb. Brendan is not a great putter, uh, and he's putted okay this week. But that, that's kind of been his bugaboo. We saw, uh, you know, he struggled there, had, had Sony in his hand there in Hawaii and, and faltered there late. But uh, we'll see if he can hold it together. Um, I, I hope so. He, he sure is a nice guy. He's won three times on the PGA Tour, and we'll see if he can do it. Long way to go, though, Mark. I mean, as you know, Two days at uh, PGA National. Oh, my. 
Uh, a lot crazy bounces out there. A lot can happen. I want to uh, throw a few more things at you, Dougie, and switch gears. But before we do, what's the weather looking like today? What kind of scoring? Are we going to have more of the same, that kind of cold wind morning, heat up a little in the afternoon? Are the breezes still going to be up? Well, the, the story today, it is going to be a little warmer, a high of like 67, 68, which is marvelous. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, I like that kind of temperature. But the wind will be the story today, Mark. Yesterday, I got up to about 18 miles an hour. Today, in the afternoon, about the time the leaders hit the bear trap, uh, it's going to be up around 25 miles an hour. Oh, my. Uh, so, yeah, it's gonna be, uh, I think we're going to have some balls in the water and some doubles and some triples and, and crazy stuff like that. So as, as everybody's watching on television, look out, because once that wind starts cranking off the Atlantic Ocean, it gets to 25 miles an hour, Mark. Oh, oh my gosh, anything can happen. Yeah, that's going to be a car crash. If you like NASCAR, you're going to be one of watching the, uh, or listening. <laughs> Hopefully you're listening and watching. That's what a lot of my friends do yeah. to the uh, Honda Classic later this afternoon. We're with Doug Bell, part of the play-by-play team for PGA Tour Radio that has the call today on PGA Tour Radio. At Doug Bell ESPN is the Twitter handle for Doug, at Doug Bell ESPN. Dougie, a couple things before we let you go. I wanted to switch gears with you because we just got the announcement uh, yesterday Tiger not playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational. When I saw him bail from the Honda Classic, and a lot of the big players bailed. It's a great field uh, still, and it's so funny. Some of the big names, as you mentioned, are going home. Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, not playing the weekend. But a lot of them call this part of the world home. This is home for most of them. And when Tiger said, not playing the Honda Classic, I think a lot of us assumed that meant I am playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational that's not the case. Are you surprised? I'm assuming he plays the players. You can't skip the players, can you? And is this enough, enough prep to defend a green jacket? Well, um, I was on CBS last week, and we were talking about Tiger. And my feeling is I think ultimately by the end of the year, Mark, he's going to play a total of about 12 events. And I think that's all we're going to see him now, the great Tiger Woods. And that's simply from a physical standpoint. He doesn't any longer want to go back-to-back weeks. And, and I think other than not only physically, but I think he is having a fantastic time uh, with his children down here in South Florida. Uh, they're in age now where he's going out and, and, and he's heavily involved in Charlie, his, his young son's golf game. Um, and I think he's just enjoying being a dad. Fatherhood has kind of taken over. So, number one, he's not going to play much anymore. But I think what he hopes to do is play the players, play match play, and then uh, defend his championship at Augusta. And I think those are the next three events we'll see him. And then after that, uh, it is not going to be very often that we see the great Tiger Woods. Um, you know, people have talked about, well, he's not playing well, et cetera, et cetera. Keep in mind now, you know, he won in Japan. Uh, he was the best player for uh, Team USA at the President's Cup, and he finished ninth, tied for ninth at Torrey Pines. So, uh, yeah, he didn't play great. Uh, in Los Angeles, but all in all, he's had a pretty good start to this season on the PGA Tour. But, Mark, we're just not going to see him very much. I mean, at 44 years of age, um, I I just think 12 maximum of 13 tournaments is about all we're ever going to see Tiger anymore, and I think that number will go down. Dougie, if we come out of the Masters and he hasn't improved or gotten back to a similar position that he was a couple of months ago in the Olympic standings for Team USA, do you think we could see an adjustment in the schedule? No, I don't. I think what he hopes to do is um, you know, play well at the players, match play, Augusta, and then handpick a few tournaments 
And I think he really wants to play in the Olympics, and I know the Olympics really wants him to play. Can you imagine Rory with Ireland, Tiger with USA, Hideki with Japan playing in Tokyo, uh, Justin Rose? I mean, that would be an incredible Olympic event. Tiger wants to be a part of that, but I don't think he's going to do anything extra to try to get there. I think he's just going to hopefully, in his mind, hopefully play better uh, or play well in the events that he's going to play in. And if he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. I mean, you know, he's he's accomplished about everything he can. I, I do think uh, the chance at being on the Olympic team intrigues him, but we'll see how that shakes out. I don't think he's going to play more, Mark, to try to get there. All right, Dougie, before we let you go, Tiger announced this week fajitas and sushi as the defending champion <laughs> dinner at the Masters. So we're having a little fun this morning on Golf Talk Canada, asking our audience uh, what would they serve in the champion's dinner. And uh, you and I have done some good eating on the road. We have done yeah. some very good eating uh, on our travels over the last five years on PGA Tour Radio. So if Doug Bell was defending the green jacket in April, and I've seen you hit a three-wood, so that's a possibility. <laughs> you hit a, a very, very impressive three-wood, although it was in Mark Carnival's basement, so we'll t- that's a whole other story. But if you're serving the champion's dinner, what's Doug Bell serving? Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny, um, and I've, I've read your stuff on Twitter this morning and, and what some people have, have said. I, I love you and your, your wife, Heather, to death. And you guys were telling me, last time we were together, I think in New Orleans, you were telling me about your trip to Italy. And I was taking down notes, <laughs> serious notes. I mean, I'm, I'm going to follow what you guys did to a T. And you kept talking about the food. And I kept saying, you know, I love Italian food. My number one food in the world is Italian food. And I'm not sure anybody at the Masters has ever gone full bore, 110% Italian. And, and that's what I would do. I mean, I would start, Mark, you know better than me. You know, the, the bread, uh, the oils, the oh, cheeses, yeah. Oh, yeah. the meats, just to get it going, right? And then, and, and then let's get to the main course and let's have some of those fresh, uh, fresh, you know, fresh spaghetti and sausage and uh, peppers and fresh tomatoes. And let's go full bore. I mean, let's start to finish because, as you guys said, in Italy, I mean, it's like, like a three or four hour deal, right? Uh, it is. You, it, you just changed my afternoon plans, Dougie. Now I'm starving, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. I mean, I mean, you guys, you're like my favorite Italian guy. And, and you're Canadian, too. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you got it all. Well, Dougie, we love you, too. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. And have a great afternoon. I'm sure uh, you're going to have a lot of fun, Colin. I'm assuming you're with Brandon Steele and JT Poston again this afternoon? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see. You know, they're the final group. I, I hope they're the final group Sunday, but, Mark, it's going to be a very exciting day because of the weather, the wind. Oh, I hope you like car crashes, Dougie. At Doug Bell ESPN, at Doug Bell ESPN, he is with the PGA Tour radio team calling the action from PGA National. Dougie, I hope to see you in the next uh, few weeks somewhere on the road. All right, Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dougie. Doug Bell. If you're watching the golf this afternoon, if you've never heard our radio call, first of all, shame on you if you've never heard our radio call. Uh, But it's also a very fun call. A lot of people suggest that the radio call, just like baseball, has a little bit more oomph to it, a little bit more excitement. It's not fake news, it's bigly. (laughs) Anyway, enjoy the Honda Classic, whether you're listening or watching. And I'll tell you, 25 mile per hour winds around the bear trap. Are you kidding me? I mean, carnage. Absolute carnage. 
carnage. Hey, on the other side, we're going to get you caught up with everything that is GTC. There are some important dates you need to know coming up in the next few weeks and some things you're going to want to be a part of on Golf Talk Canada. We'll get to it next. We'll tee up hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Uh, welcome back to GTC as we put a bow on the front side of Hour 1. We just said goodbye to Dougie Bell from PGA Tour Radio. He wants to serve Italian food at the Masters dinner. Why not? Who doesn't like Italian food? But it got Good me- one, Randy. Oh. Good one. <laughs> got me thinking. Man, Francesco Molinari doesn't dunk it in the in the Rays Creek on 12 and then find the pond again at 15. And maybe Francesco Molinari is serving Italian food this year at the Masters. Maybe a little uh, prosciutto and melon appetizer, some steak Florentine, a light little angel hair pasta, and some olive oil, some tiramisu for dessert. Who knows? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm getting hungry. I am getting hungry. It is, it is one of those mornings all we've done is talk about food. And why are we talking about food? Because yesterday, TaylorMade released the TP5 and TP5X Picks lineup. That is right, the Picks lineup, the golf ball co-designed by Ricky Fowler. And you can win it this week on Golf Talk Canada in a TaylorMade swag bag. You need to hit us up online. We've got some really good ones already. Hit us up at Golf Talk Canada with your Masters Champions dinner menu. you got to fire us the dinner's menu. What would you serve? We're going to draw later on in the week for the winner for a chance to win that Picks golf ball swag bag set. Speaking of TaylorMade, 20 weeks of TaylorMade returns this year on GTC, kicking off Masters Week as we give away close to $20,000 in TaylorMade product across the entire summer here on Golf Talk Canada. The grand prize, a custom set, top to bottom, through the bag, TaylorMade golf set with the custom fitting experience at the Performance Lab near you. If you're here in Ontario, you go to the HQ Performance Lab. Regardless, it is the Dustin Johnson treatment for the day, and you get the gear at the end. That prize alone is worth close to $3,504,000. We're giving away close to $20,000 across the entire summer. How do you win? Follow us on social media, at Golf Talk Canada. Instagram, Twitter, at Golf Talk Canada. If you're doing that already, you're already included in 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. And if you're not following us, you're missing out on a ton of fun and a ton of swag. Hour two coming up. We're going to do Winners, Weird, and What. And there's nobody else here in studio with me to prevent me from getting very angry in a solo edition of Winners, Weird, and What. I'm getting some head shakes behind the glass here. There's some nervous 
members of GTC here behind the glass. It's okay. I'm not that angry this week. I'm just hungry. We're okay. This shouldn't go forever, so we'll be fine in Winners World and what. We're going to hear from the birthday boy, Adam Scully. I don't know. if Does everybody know that it was Adam's birthday? Yeah, we're getting some Adam's birthday this week. I don't know how old he is. I know it's, uh, I don't think we're in the 30s yet. I'm against some hands up, Dave. What do we got there? Uh, mentally, Adam is 12. 12? Physically, uh, He's in the peak of his performance here. He's in his prime. Have you seen that guy's calves? <laughs> yeah, this is just wrong. It's oh, us. We'll Makes get you want to hit the gym. We'll get a birthday update on what he squatted to celebrate his birthday. We're going to hear from Bob Weeks. We're going to talk Bob about Tiger. We'll talk to Bob about a lot of things, but I want to know where, where Bob's head is at on Tiger not playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational because it's a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, again, weird and what, what coming up. And before we wrap up hour one, two dates you need to know. If you're in a market where you only get the first hour of GTC, well, first of all, you can listen to hour two online or hit us up on the podcast where you find your podcast, iTunes, TSN.ca, Podcast World, iHeartRadio, you can get the podcast. But March 11th, we return, Golf Talk Canada TV, March 11th, a 60-minute preview of the Players' Championship. That is March 11th, Golf Talk Canada Television returns. And April 11th, Golf Talk Canada Radio, what you're listening to right now, makes its debut on TSN2. TSN TV on April 11th. That is Master Saturday. You can't just listen to Golf Talk Canada. You can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio as we tee up the last 36 holes as pregame for the Masters first major of the year. I'm pumped. I'm excited. That does it for hour one. Winners, weird and what? Teeing up hour two. I'm the Z Man. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit woodingtonlake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Roy Orbison for a little music to stroke your toupee by this morning. <laughs> Z-Man riding solo today for Golf Talk Canada as we get ready to kick off Hour 2. However, in Hour 2, we are going to hear from some other members of the Golf Talk Canada family. We'll, we'll, we will hear from the birthday boy, Adam Scully. We will we'll hear from Bob Weeks. We will. That's hard to put together. Struggling with that this morning. We will. We struggling. Will. Struggling. Uh, breaking news. Listen, I just can't get my head around the new schedule yet. I keep calling it the new schedule. It's no longer the new schedule. However, this year, with the Olympics being injected into the quote-unquote still new schedule, it might have changed players' 
schedule or where they're going to play or how many times they're going to play. It might have thrown another wrench into it because last year at the Valspar Championship, we kind of stepped back. I remember Bob and I, when, this, when, when we took a look at, at the Florida swing, we're like, okay, who is going to be, who's going to come out on the short end of the stick on the Florida swing? We already knew the Canadian Open was going to be elevated. It was going to be a slam dunk. We, we knew that was going down because, well, you know, week before the U.S. Open, commitment from Rory McIlroy, Brooks Koepka. It was the best field we've seen in, in maybe my lifetime of the Canadian Open. Pretty close, at least to the mid-80s at the very least. And it was the best Canadian Open I was ever a part of. And I believe we're probably heading for another one of those this year. But the Florida Swing, it was like, okay, so who's, who is coming out on the short end of the stick in the Florida Swing? And we, last year, it looked like, okay, it's going to be Valspar. You know, DJ did play. Dustin Johnson did play. Paul Casey was your champion in a very difficult golf tournament. Single digits under par one. No one got to double digits. That speaks to the strength of the golf course there at Copperhead as well, at the Innisbrook Resort. So, okay, so it is one of the better golf courses they play on the PGA Tour. you got to play it backwards. We like to say there's not many golf courses you play left in professional golf backwards. You got to play it from green to tee. You got to give yourself angles. It's just not, you don't just bomb it down there and gouge one onto the fairway like we do a lot of weeks in the world of golf. But at Copperhead, you got to shape your shots. You got to pick the left side of the fairway, the right side of the fairway, find your angles, leave it under the flag. You got to play the course backwards to the tee. But at the end of the day, it did not get the field we you know anticipated. Now this year, all of a sudden, breaking news. Justin Thomas committing to the Valspar Championship. That now puts the top three Americans on the official world golf ranking in the field at Valspar, which comes the week after the Players' Championship. So Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and Dustin Johnson, your top three Americans in the world of golf, now part of the Valspar Championship. Tiger out of the API. Obviously, we expect the best field of the year at the Players' Championship, golf's greatest field on golf's greatest stadium, but I'm still scratching my head trying to figure this out. All right, let's do it. It's time for winners, weird and what, three dub, and I'm the only one here, so guess whose tee it is? I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, I absolutely love this. If, if you did not hear this or did not see this, there, there is more than just the audio we're going to play for you this week. This, this went on for four days at the World Golf Championship, Mexico Championship. I worked it last week for PGA Tour Radio. And every time we laid, laid out, every time we laid out, turned mics down, and went to the first tee for the announcements, I just couldn't get enough of this. This is the announcer. From the first tee at the Mexico Championship, hands down my winner. Might be my winner of the year by the time this thing unfolds. Un aplauso para que recibamos de Vizcaya, España. Él es John Ram. All right, I need that one more time. Un aplauso para que recibamos de Vizcaya, España. Él es John Ram. So, uh, man, we, I mean, every single player on the tee got that. And if you didn't hear any of the Spanish call last week, anything exciting that happened at Club de Golf Chapultepec was just over the top. It was like a, it was like a soccer. It was like a goal. Only in the world of golf. Absolutely tremendous. Okay, my weird, I hinted on this earlier in the show. I, I just don't get 
what Brooks Kepka is going for with with the with the comments. In the last few weeks, okay, he took an open shot at Patrick Reed, whatever, get in line. All right, Brooke, like get in line, cost this went off on Patrick Reed. Other players have suggested it was Kevin Kistner that said uh last year that he, he doesn't have a friend in the dressing room, yada yada yada. Locker room, I should say. Um Nothing news there. Okay, we'll give you that one, Brooks. Then he comes out in an interview and says, if I had to do it all again, I'd rather play baseball. Okay, uh, you've, you've won four majors. What are you talking about? You've made millions of dollars. You're a, a world-famous athlete. And by the way, you're playing a sport that unless you do something really stupid, you can probably play it for the next 30 years and make a gazillion money, a gazillion dollars. Okay, no, maybe you want to stand in left field, whatever. Then he has the nerve to say that golf is boring. You want to play baseball? And golf is boring? I'm not starting today. I'm not coming out of the dugout because I have a hangnail and golf is boring. You stood in left field for six innings staring at the kid chewing popcorn, throwing hot dogs down his throat, and golf is boring? If he's saying things just to peeve people off, well done, Brooks. You've done it because nobody likes you. It seems. And when we talk about the best, look at the player of the year last year. When they went to the players to vote on the PGA Tour player of the year, the guy that finished top five in every single major, the guy that had a World Golf Championship event, a major under his belt, another victory, clearly the best player in the world, with all due respect to Rory McIlroy, who didn't perform well in the majors and is right now the number one player in the world. But at the time of voting was not who won player of the year, Rory McIlroy. Why? Because Kepka says stupid crap. End of story. End of story. Really, bo- I said I wasn't going to get angry. I said I wasn't going to get angry. And now I'm getting angry. Oh. Oh. Anyway. All right. And my what this week? Last week. Sorry, two weeks ago, I spent four rounds with Rory McIlroy. At the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. I walked with him for four days. I called every shot he had. I also happened to have Adam Scott because they were playing together on the final day. So I saw that all transpire with, with my own eyes. I don't know if you recall, if you can go back a few weeks in your memory bank, but they both gagged it beyond the back of the green at number five. Some really questionable short game decisions. Some questionable shots. He's had... F- Six top fives now this season on the PGA Tour with one victory. Six top fives. Last week in Mexico, another top five. Here's the problem. What is going on with the short game? And a lot of people are going to rip me for this because this is an unpopular opinion. My friends Carl and Dennis Paulson on Inside the Ropes Radio on PGA Tour, they disagree with me. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bob, I'll get Bob's opinion later on the show, but I'm pretty sure Bob disagrees with me on this one as well. Most people are taking the cup half full approach with Rory, and I get it. He's the number one player in the world. He can't finish outside the top five. He already has a win this year. I get it. But for me, when you're Rory McIlroy and you've done what you've done, the standard's got to be higher. And if you're going to take the number one position in the world by the throat, you're the defending FedEx Cup champion, by the way, you're going to have another kick at the can. It seems like an annual storyline now. Rory has turned into 
What Phil is at the U.S. Open, Rory has become at Augusta. Is this the year he takes the monkey off his back? Is this the year he career, completes the career Grand Slam? Is this the year he gets the green jacket? Every year, it is the same thing. Hasn't happened yet. And why hasn't it happened? The short game is still, for the best player in the world, extremely subpar. What is going on with the short game? If this was Tiger Woods and he had six top fives in a row, three of them would be wins. Maybe four of them would, would, would be wins. Tiger not in his prime, two of them would be wins. Rory to have only one win in six top fives this season speaks not so much to how great his ball striking is, because his ball striking is world-class. He is probably the best tee to green. When he brings his A-plus game tee to green, forget it. And even his B-minus, C-minus, D tee to green game is still very impressive. But his short game is so bad right now, it's just mind-boggling. The First hole at Chapultepec last week, a drivable par four. He parred it four days in a row. It was Groundhog Day. Drive it up to the green hole high. Pitch it to a mediocre spot of 8 to 12 feet. Miss the putt. Then we all complain that his putting's no good. Take a look at the percentages on the PGA Tour of putts made from 0 to 7 feet versus 8 to 12 feet and tell me it's his putting. You can't leave yourself 9 to 10 footers all day when the guy beside you playing in the same group is chipping it up to 4 feet and tapping in and walking away. I don't know where this is going to go. Rory knows this. He's been open about it. He wants to fix it. But it's got to get fixed, and it better happen quickly. We're only a few weeks away. We're five weeks away from Augusta. And there is no way in hell that he is going to complete the career Grand Slam at Augusta in five weeks with a subpar pitching and short game around the greens at what is golf's most magnified, most intense examination of one short game. If there are any flaws in your short game at all, you cannot hide them at Augusta National. All right. I feel better now. I wasn't going to get angry. I wasn't going to get angry. All right. On the other side, we're going to talk to the birthday boy. The birthday boy, Adam Scully. What does he feel about Tiger, the API? What did he bench for his birthday? Do we have a new benching or squat record? I think now it's more about the squats with uh, Scully. I know he's also been working on his short game. We're going to touch base with the birthday boy next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit woodingtonlake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. Riding solo, but bringing in the birthday boy. 
It is Adam Scully's birthday. Master producer of GTC Radio TV, co-host, member of Team Canada at the Can-Am Cup. Oh, yeah. And uh, what, first of all, Scully, happy birthday. Thank you. And Thank I, you. Thanks I, for having me. I just saw on uh, Twitter you have a <laughs> tailor-made birthday cake. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my lovely girlfriend, Laura, her mom, Karen, actually made me uh, a birthday cake, and there's a tailor-made uh, ball on it. Uh, it is not edible. Uh, at least I've not tried to eat it yet. So if I show up next week with half of a front tooth, uh, you know why. I just, uh, one time in uh, in competition, I, I hit a par five and two, left it 12 feet underneath the flag and walked out with six. Golf balls are edible, I promise you. <laughs> I, I just bit that thing in half. And, uh, you know, it's the, you hate to see that. Yeah. the worst part about eating a golf ball, Scully, is not actually eating it. It's the next step of yeah. uh, that uh, doesn't stay there forever. Let's just put it that no, way. No. All right. Before we get into all the headlines in the world of golf, um, I need to know for your birthday. Obviously, spent some time with Laura. I spent some time with the family. Yep. But has there have we set any uh, crunching uh, records, any bench press squat numbers? Is there anything been done in preparation for your Can-Am Cup appearance that is record-breaking on, on your birthday? You know, nothing as of yet, but I think after all the carbs that are consumed this weekend, I think Monday is going to be a big day. In the gym. <laughs> so I feel like Monday might have to go on Instagram live. Uh, oh. de- definitely wear a sleeveless shirt uh, <laughs> and just uh, pump out some bags. This and guy some sucks. <laughs> and I, we're still in our 20s, right? Like we're 27, yeah, yeah, 28, I'm, right? I'm 28. 20, yeah, I knew it was in funny. there. It's funny, actually, because uh, so the day of my birthday is Feb 28, so yesterday, and that was the 10-year anniversary of the Golden Goal. Yes. Um, and people were asking me, sort of, what, what were you doing at that point? And I said, I just turned 18 on that day. Oh. So that's, uh... <laughs> well, you got two more years, and then for your 30th birthday, I'm giving you a thinning hairline and back pain in the morning. So enjoy <laughs> it while you can. All right, Skulls, let's just start what, with what happened yesterday, because I want to get your impression of this, because you and I have both been kind of thinking Tiger Woods, uh, Olympics on the radar. Very yeah. important for Tiger. Uh, we had Doug Bell on an hour one, my colleague from mm-hmm. PJ Tour Radio, and I asked Dougie. I said, "Listen, he left. He's not playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational, so we're you know we're assuming it is Players Championship, World Match Play, Augusta." Doug, mm-hmm. Doug does not think we're going to see more than twelve, maybe thirteen yeah. tournaments out of Tiger this year. Are you surprised with him not playing Arnold Palmer? And part two of this question, Scully. When we leave Augusta, if he hasn't put himself into a similar position in the Olympic standings than he was, say, a month and a half ago, looking very good for that team, mm-hmm. do you think he changes his mind on where he plays and how many times he plays? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I am surprised that he's not playing. I mean, you wonder, and you, you look at uh, Mark Steinberg's comments, and he talked about how stiff he still is, and, you know, Tiger's gone on and on and on about there's some weeks where he's stiffer than others and just can't go. Uh, but I'm curious. Uh, I mean, he has, he's had so much success at Bay Hill, uh, and, of course, last year he actually did withdraw from the tournament, uh, I believe, a couple of days prior um, as as well. Uh, but it, it goes to show as well, you wonder what Tiger's mindset is on back-to-back weeks. Uh, he hasn't really done it all too often. Um, and you would think he's going to play the Players' Championship. I think we'd safely presume that. But to answer the second part of your question, I'm not really sure. Um, obviously, we'd love to see Tiger, you know, 
tee it up at St. George's the week before the U.S. Open and maybe alter his schedule because, as we've talked about before, this really is the only chance you would think he would ever uh, have a good opportunity to play on the U.S. Olympic team because uh, four years from now, uh, who, who knows what he'll be doing uh, on the golf course. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because that's one of the – you look at a guy like that mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, what hasn't he done in his career? There's yeah. not much left. The Olympics, is to, to me, was kind of like he had his eye on that since you know the fall, say yeah. I want to be there, and I'm not suggesting he doesn't want to be there, but I think you may have hit on something that w- maybe we're not talking about enough, and that mm-hmm. is back-to-back tournaments. And at this yeah. point in Tiger's career, playing back-to-back does that make sense? Look, he had a horrible week at Riviera, mm-hmm. chose not to go to Mexico, where you know typically it's going to be warm, a golf course he liked the first time around. But he didn't go to Mexico, chose not to play. Why? Probably back-to-back weeks, I'm assuming, right? Yep, so travel, yep. You know, you're right. Last year he bailed from API a couple days before, claiming he had a stiff neck, again, mm-hmm. related to the back, et cetera. Time will tell. i got to think he ends up at a player, at the players. You but, hope so, yeah. And he's suggesting, listen, I have a blueprint to get ready for Augusta. I know what that is. We're going to stick to the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, were you surprised at Brooks Kepka's play this week? He misses oh. the cut at Honda Classic. And, you know, he's still unfiltered. I don't know if you caught winners weird or what, but I lost my mind on Kepka. <laughs> you know, I'd rather play baseball. Golf is boring. <laughs> yada, yada. You know, why doesn't he concentrate on getting his game in shape instead of, like, you know, is he just saying this stuff to pee, uh, people off? You know, and if I'm him, like, he has not shown up this season. End of story. Oh. I know it's, he, he's saying it's not knee related, so at least he's not using that cop out the knee, etc. Mm-hmm. But regardless, Scully, he's playing horrible golf. Yeah, you, you mentioned right there the knee at the end, and uh, in one of his last starts, he mentioned that his knee may never be the a hundred percent again. And he talked about walking downhill, how much that hurts his knee still. Uh, but now I believe he's going on to say he's going to play what in the next four or five weeks consecutively. So we are going to see a little more uh, of Kepka. I was surprised because uh, he did well at this golf course. Uh, last year coming up a shot or two short of a playoff and given how difficult the the conditions were as well uh, it's just been sloppy from Brooks hasn't it so far Uh, you know one of the top players uh, in the world and and you know what I uh, I actually kind of like Kepka's unfilteredness in the media because it it gives us it's something different it's it's not you know your typical guy giving cliches it's someone who does have personality you love him or hate him but he he tells it as it is he doesn't really hold back at all um and i guess we'll see how how he progresses over the next uh four weeks or so and if that knee uh can continue to stay healthy yeah listen i don't mind his unfilteredness uh -hmm. in fact you know that's part of the reason why i love rory he gives you an Mm -hmm. honest answer it's For me, it's more the disdain. I get this feeling of like it's disdain for for almost the game. That's the problem I have. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, uh, you know, being unfiltered, but you have to be so derogatory and so negative towards the, the game that has given you the lifestyle. Uh, that you now get to have where the rest of the world tries to, you know, go to work and have a real job. And, mm-hmm. you know, like he gets to live in a very small percent uh, of the world that anyone will ever touch. And you got to be that upset about it. Taking a look at some numbers here, Scully, he suggested yeah. that he actually didn't mind the way he was hitting the golf ball, although he's not hitting it that great. But then again, he, it is PGA National, so, so yeah. the numbers are screwed, uh, excuse me, skewed. However, 
Strokes game putting, minus 4.6. I don't oh. think he – yeah, he couldn't roll it into a bathtub right now if he was standing in front of it. So, <laughs> and, and, and that's one of the things that happens when you don't play much golf, right? Your, your short game sort of falters. Right. All right. Um, I don't know if you've heard this morning. We got Twitter lighting up with meals. I know you yeah. love your food. I also know it's your, <laughs> your birthday, so – I'm assuming there's probably multiple uh, birthday dinners uh, around oh, yeah. the tailor-made cake. Okay, so I get that. Yeah. So uh, Doug Bell we had on earlier, and uh, you know he knows Heather and I very well, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to go to Italy because he, he hears us talk oh, wow. about the food in Italy, and, and he said if he was defending uh, champion of the Masters, he'd serve a full Italian feast at the champion's dinner. Wow. Then I got myself thinking, Skull. If Molinari doesn't find Ray's Creek and then doesn't hit it in yeah. the pond, if it, maybe we're going full-blown eye tie this year, uh, full-blown Azuri menu at uh, Augusta this year. That's yeah. not going to happen. We're going to have some fajitas and some sushi. So let's just say Adam Scully decides he comes in one day to TSN and says, I'm out. You can. That's hockey, junior hockey magazine, uh, Golf Talk Canada. I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm playing golf for a living, and you become defending champion at the Masters. What are you serving at the champion's dinner, Scully? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this uh, for quite some time. It would definitely, you know, the main course would be a steak, uh, for sure, a, a big steak. Maybe we start off with some oysters. Ooh. We go that route. Um, I, I'm a big candy guy, you know. Uh, See, that's why probably... Heather loves you, because you're a big candy guy. She <laughs> sensed that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I would think just bowls and bowls of, like, cherry blasters and <laughs> berries and fuzzy peaches. I, I'm sure Jack Nicholas and Tiger and all the boys would love that. Could you imagine right? Gary Player's face when you start handing out all that processed sugar and crap? It's time to do some sit-ups, everybody. <laughs> Adam, you're going to get fit. Adam, hit the gym, Adam. Oh, my. Oh, man, that's good. Golly, have a great birthday. <laughs> Thank uh, you. We will see you this week in studio yeah. because we got tons to get through. We not only started shooting Golf Talk Canada TV stuff for the upcoming season, but we've got production. We've got we, – you and I have so much on our plate this week, but you won't hear from me, I promise, on Monday. I'm not going to bug you. You enjoy your birthday weekend. You Monday morning you get in there, you break some squatting records, and then we'll touch foreheads in the afternoon on Monday. So you have a good one, all right? That sounds good, my friend. Appreciate the wishes. All right, happy birthday, Adam. Thank on you. the other side of the break, we're going to go to Palm Beach Gardens. We're actually not going to the Honda Classic. Bob Weeks, my co-host, GTC, senior golf reporter, TSN, is enjoying a little R&R. In Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. However, I have been reading a lot of his stuff on TSN, following him on Twitter. He is all over the Tiger thing. I'm sure he's got some opinions on Tiger's schedule, and I'm sure he's got some opinions on Rory's short game. We also want to know what Bob's serving at the Champions Dinner. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We should have a bet. Maybe. What do you think weeks he's serving? What do you think, Dave? Murph? Where are we going? It's a tough question because I don't really know Bob as well as you do, mm-hmm. but he seems like something not hearty, but kind of like, kind of like what Adam said, like a steak or something. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe a funky okay. appetizer or some kind. Yeah, All like, right. you know, oysters was out there, but I feel like Bob would just go like, thank you, red stripe, you know, like, yeah, like candy, like Twizzlers. So it's definitely something Canadiana okay, with Bob, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely something Canadiana oh, yeah. with Bob. Poutine. All right. On the other side, we'll go to Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. We'll hear from Bob Weeks. We'll talk a little Tiger Rory. Coming up next, this is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. 
Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Wasting away again in Margarita Searching for my lost sugar song. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure my co-host, joined a little r r may have had a margarita or two in the last few days. Just throwing it out there. Just possibly guessing that maybe a little beach time, a little margarita. Welcoming to the program now, Bob Weeks. Bob, am I right? Am I, did, did you maybe, is it a margarita? What has been the uh, relaxation cocktail of choice this week in Palm Beach? Yeah, we've had a little, uh, little craft beer. We had a little red wine. We had a little uh, martini. You know, one or, one or seven margaritas. <laughs> Having the time of his life. You're running the bases. All right. Right out of the gates, we got to get to the serious stuff right out of the gates because the Golf Talk Canada team is going with, what is it, guys? You got ham sandwich and Campbell's soup you guys went with? Is that right? I'm getting the nod. Yes, the they say the Bob Weeks is going with the that. ham sandwich and Campbell's soup to the champions dinner. What, what, what are you saying to that? No, no. Here's my menu. If okay. You want it. All right. I go cross country, oysters from PEI, lobsters from Nova Scotia. New Brunswick Fiddleheads, a little Torchier from Quebec, some fresh Ontario corn, a little pickerel from Manitoba, steaks from Alberta. Uh, for dessert, we're going to have a little Saskatchewan berry pie. And then just to wet our whistle, we'll have a little wine from beautiful British Columbia and uh, to top it off a shot of Screech from Newfoundland and oh. Labrador. How's that? <laughs> you had me until the Screech went down. And <laughs> That's not good, eh? <laughs> then, I'm, then I'm doubting everything after that, Bob. I'm doubting All right. In all seriousness, uh, Tiger Woods. Um, yesterday, not playing Arnold Palmer Invitational. I just got off the phone with our birthday boy, Adam Scully, and Scully suggested the thing that le- leaped out at him was back-to-back. Tiger, at this point of his career... You know, back-to-back, maybe not in the cards as often for Tiger Woods. Although, he left this tournament, withdrew from this tournament last year just a few days before the event with a neck injury. This one kind of caught me off guard, Bob. When he didn't go to Mexico and he decided not to play the home game this week at the Honda, I kind of assumed we'd see him at the API. Not the case. Yeah, it's. uh, it's, I think it's a little bit eyebrow-raising. I'm not overly concerned at this point just yet. I think he's taking a page from Kawhi Leonard's book, and this is a little bit about load management. Um, yes, he did win the Masters last year, but remember what happened following that. He was basically a shell of himself, and we found out that there was some stiffness in the back, but also that knee problem. And he has sort of been talking this uh, this for really since his comeback, saying, look, I'm not going to play a lot of golf. I'm going to play less golf than before, and I'm only going to be able to play when I'm absolutely ready. So, I think perhaps the back that we saw at Genesis that was stiff and obviously affected by the uh, by the cooler weather at the start of that week didn't allow him to prepare um, for for Mexico and I think it was probably still stiff enough that he's not going to be ready to play at uh, at the API and so I think if he's not ready to play he doesn't want to go in there half-hearted and perhaps risk injuring it even further. Now 
having said all that, if he doesn't play, if he, if he doesn't commit by next week uh, to the Players Championship, then I'm going to be a little bit more worried because I think that's a must play for him on his schedule. Well, hands down, flagship event of the PGA Tour. You know, he, he's won there twice. He won back in 2013, the year he won five times and didn't get the major, but was player of the year. And and to be bluntly honest, Bob, a golf course, it really isn't anybody's type of golf course, which is what makes it so great that anyone in any style of player can win there. I think now this version of Tiger, who hits a lot of controlled shots, a lot of target shots, isn't like that bomber, so to speak, anymore. That's a golf course you got to think that he would do well on. Everyone wants to be a part of the uh, Players' Championship. And if he doesn't play the Players, forget eyebrow. I'm going to be sending rockets off in the sky and warning <laughs> signals that there's something wrong here. No, like That's a golf course that he's got to think, I've got a very good chance to win. Yeah. And, and then, it, then it becomes, even from there, looking towards what he's going to get into um, heading into the Masters. Is he going to play the match play? So let's say he plays the Players, takes Valspar off, plays match play, and goes in. Uh, after uh, missing Texas, the Valero Texas Open, that to me might be a decent schedule. We'll have a good idea of where his game's at if he plays there. He might play Valspar, we don't know, but that would be three in a row, and I somehow doubt that. So I think you're going to see him at players, I think you'll see him at the match play, and then I think you'll see him at Augusta. And I hope when we get through that run that his Olympic uh, standings has improved because he's had some three solid outings. Okay, I want to switch gears with you because we have not had a chance to really talk about Rory McIlroy's short game. And this has been sitting in my head for about a week now because <laughs> you know I called the WGC with radio last week and every day I had to watch Rory drive it you know, hole high somewhere around the green at number one, the drivable par four. He's playing alongside Rom. Rom chips it up to four feet, knocks it in for birdie. Uh, you know, uh, the Shambo knocks it on the green, two putts for birdie. Rory gets up there, hits a mediocre pitch somewhere to the eight to twelve foot range, misses the putt, pars the whole four days in a row. This is really the story of his performance on the par fives most of the week, and then everybody complains about Rory's putting. And I'm like, okay, I'm not suggesting that the putter is the best club in the bag, but let's look at the percentages of makes under seven feet versus makes in that twelve to eight, uh, eight to twelve foot range, eight to thirteen foot range. I mean, the short game just is not sharp. It's not good, Bob. And I know he's got six top fives in a row, and I know most people applaud him for that. But if if Rory had any short game at all, he'd have three wins right now instead of sitting on just the one. Yeah, I think it's you know it's always good to look at the hindsight and say say those kind of things too without taking into the performance of of guys like John Rahm and Patrick Reed and things like that. Patrick Reed, I mean, was the exact opposite, right? Was it forty five one putts he had over four days? So <laughs> that tells you a lot about where his putting was. But Rory's, I think Rory's putting um, gets highlighted, gets redlined because of the rest of his game being so good. As you said, it's so frustrating to watch because if he's half decent putter. He wins or he gets himself into contention a lot more than, um, I mean, he's in contention a lot, but but he's a real genuine chance to win. And if you go back and look at the numbers, he has improved. So 2017, he was 159th at strokes game putting. Last year, he finished 24th. Um, This year, he's so far ranked 72nd, and he's on the positive side, plus 2.235 strokes per tournament. But if you actually look at the rounds, go in individual rounds, he has like one really good round usually, and then the, the other three are, are below average. And I don't think you can have that. I think he needs to build some kind of consistency uh, into his putting stroke, especially if he can even sink you know, two more putts, three more putts over the course of a tournament. I think that's going to go a long way towards getting him into the victory circle rather than cashing a fifth or sixth place check.
Yeah, it's interesting because at, at Riviera, he was using a 35-inch putter and maybe one of the worst putting weeks we've seen from Rory in a long time based on suggesting all that improvement that he made last year that you've highlighted. And then he went back at Mexico to his 34-inch putter, which is, a, which is the, the putter he used last year and the length he used last year, and he got more comfortable. And he said he figured that out actually late on Sunday. Actually, the final green at Riviera, he made a putt that kind of sparked an idea and a thought, and he went back. Uh, the pitching to me, just the what he leaves himself is also part of the problem. It's just not at that level. So I'll ask you this, Bob. If Rory brings his A-plus game T to green at Augusta, but brings the current short game he has right now, can he win there with this current short game? Because I don't think he can, even if he has his A-plus T to green. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think I don't think he can fake it around Augusta National with that especially with all those little runoff areas, and you know you're going to hit good shots into greens and have them uh, end up off the greens. So um, he needs to sharpen things up. And I don't, as I said, I, you know, you were talking about that 34 and 35-inch thing. It was a lot about him getting his eyes over the line of a putter, uh, feeling comfortable with his arms around it. So there's just, it, it, I don't think it's a far far off from where we saw him a little bit last year. Um, but it's, it's not, like he doesn't have to make major surgery here. There's just minor adjustments, and if he can find that, uh, in time for Augusta National, then I think he's in good shape, and we'll be uh, we'll we'll have a legitimate chance to close it, close out that uh, that uh, Grand Slam. All right, Bob. Why am I so angry about Brooks Kepka? Why why <laughs> am I irritated with the like golf's boring again? I'd rather play baseball. Then he goes and he misses the cut at Honda. He's been nowhere to be found. And one week my my knee might never feel the same. This week it's got nothing to do with my knee. My knee's fine. I just. I don't know where to start on this. Let's start on the golf course before we start to the comments. Are you surprised that we've barely seen really anything positive from Kepka so far this year? A miscut. I know he's going to play a lot moving forward, but his game is not good. Yeah, he's played, I think, four times now, if you include a couple of Euro Tour events, which I sort of liken to a rehab stint in the minors for a hockey player <laughs> or something like that. Not, not to take anything away from those guys, but I don't think he went over there thinking his game was going to be in shape to win. Uh, it's getting every time he goes out now. It's getting a little bit more concerning, and I do know, and we know that he doesn't light himself up too much for these these tournaments that aren't major championships or big events. So, uh, you know, those the finishes, the fact that he's not winning doesn't doesn't bother me. The fact that he's finishing so far down and missing cuts and and not playing all that great that's a little bit more concerning. And I think again, it's a little bit like Tiger. You're sort of waiting for this this big guy to show up and and start playing some of the golf that we know he can play? Or is this knee uh, twice injured in the last, whatever it is, six months now? Uh, is it a little bit more than, than he's letting on? Um, that's, that's the on-course stuff. We can deal with the off-course stuff next. Yeah, well, I just it's weird with the off-course stuff because, like, I said to Adam, I said, it's not the unfilteredness that bothers me. That's why we love Rory, because he's unfiltered. But he also thinks about his answers and gives you a thoughtful answer, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't. It's not like he doesn't care about offending anybody, but he's being truthful, and he is—he is not a scripted guy, Rory McIlroy. Kepka, there just seems to be a disdain, and I know that might be a strong word, but there's certainly an element of that towards the game of golf, towards the sport that has given him this wonderful lifestyle, this money, this fame. You know, enough's enough for me. You know, is this is. I don't think he's getting a lot, a lot of friends in terms of fan base. And, you know, he already lost a popularity contest last year. Where do you think this stuff comes from? I think he is being honest, uh, honest to a fault, perhaps. 
you know, he's saying things that he really does feel. But I do think that we, I do think sometimes he might be playing with us a little bit, to be honest with you. I do think that he's got a, a little bit of an edge to him where he likes the fact that, that people are maybe not, you know, buying into this fact that he doesn't care about things. And I don't think it's that he doesn't care. I just think that he's a very different kind of guy that we're used to seeing than we're used to hearing about and hearing from. And his comments in that GQ article where he says, you know, I don't need any more friends. Um, the We'd like to play baseball, how golf is boring. You know, those are, I think, his honest opinions. And, and sometimes it's harsh to hear that. He's just a different guy. He doesn't really care what you think. And sometimes it's tough to buy in. But I also think there's a little bit down below where he's kind of laughing at us, buying into all these remarks maybe. I just I, I don't have any proof for that. But that's just kind of the sense I get. Having interviewed him and sat down with him a little bit over the years, he's uh, he's 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 a fun-loving guy, I think, and he's a big a big jock. But there is an edge to him for sure, and I don't think he like. I just think he suffers fools, you know, doesn't suffer fools. I should say gladly around the game of golf, the people who are um, the button and tie kind of guys. I think. Bob, thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, downtime. I, we got a busy week. We got a busy stretch, you and I, starting in the next week Ew. or so. Back to TV. We're going to have Players' Championship, with Masters, lots going on with Masters, radio going to TV. We've got tons to get to, so enjoy your downtime. Safe travels home, and I'll see you this week back in the studio. And by the way, I know that down deep you're loving that Patrick Reed is number three on the U.S. Ryder Cup standings right now. You love that. <laughs> I like David. David Faraday said this week he's not Captain America; he's Captain Oblivious. I love it. <laughs> Bob, thanks. Have a great week. Take care. Bye bye. Bob Weeks from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, with a little R and R chiming in there. All right. On the other side, we've got to do leader up. Uh, leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. So we'll get you caught up. Not a great week for Team Canada on the PGA Tour. Uh, There is a lot of golf going on around the globe. We'll get you caught up with that. And all things GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries of golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe could be. Visit adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Uh, as we wind down GTC and wrap up another week and head into what will be a huge month on Golf Talk Canada, March 11th, we return back to TV. March 11th, GTC returns with a 60-minute Players' Championship preview special on Golf Talk Canada. April 11th, GTC Radio moves to TV. You can listen right here on TSN 1050, iHeart radio app all markets coast to coast on the tsn radio network you can also watch on tsn to watch us do golf talk canada radio to kick off masters weekend on april 11th before we get to leaderboard updates in the world of golf i gotta give a shout out my personal physician dr j who is pounding the elliptical this morning, listening to Golf Talk Canada, and then going to pound balls to get ready for the Can-Am Cup a few weeks in Myrtle Beach. He's going to be at that Metro Golf Dome pounding balls. i got to give a shout-out to him because 
four or five years ago. You know, we, he reminded me this morning. How, uh, we've been talking about how difficult the bear trap is down at PGA National. About four or five years ago. It might even be six years ago now. I can't really quite recall. We were down in that neck of the woods playing the bear trap. We get to the first hole in the bear trap, that difficult par 3 15th over water, breeze in the face. And it was more than the breeze. That was a stiff breeze in the face. Dr. J gets up there, pegs up the five wood, never leaves the flag, one hops it into the jar. Hole in one, he looks at me like, what is the big deal? Bear trap, puh, spits on the bear trap, Dr. J wins. Well, there you go. If you take uh, my personal physician against a bear, my doctor wins every time. All right, let's get to some leaderboard updates from the world of golf. Leaderboards brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com. Leaderboard updates brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf, visit SmartGolfDeals.com to book your next tee time. If you haven't checked out SmartGolfDeals.com, do so. Growing and expanding at an incredible rate across Canada. If you're going to be playing any golf, public golf this spring, visit SmartGolfDeals.com for sure and soon to expand to the southern U.S as well. All right. European Tour. Two Finnish players. I wouldn't know if I hit with my car on top of the leaderboard. Sammy Valmakai. He leads at 8 under par. It's a one-shot lead over Miko Korhonen. Yes, those Finnish stars are lighting it up on the European Tour. On the Corn Ferry Tour, it's a name from the past at 13 under after a round of 62. Heading to the weekend with the lead at the El Bosque Mexico Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. Sang Moon Bay is your leader. Brett Quigley leading the way at the Colaguard Classic on the Champions Tour. He's nine under par. John Daly is three back in this one. And I saw John Daly driving around the golf course with a service dog in a golf cart this weekend. I love dogs. I love the idea of of service dogs. But when a service dog rides in a cart with John Daly at a golf tournament, it's a circus dog. Enough. Daly. Oh, I could have done a whole winner's weird and what this week just on John Daly. Oh, God, we don't have enough time. We're running out of time, and I'm venting. All right, PGA Tour. Brandon Steele, your leader. Five under par. Good for a one-shot lead. 36 holes to go at the brutally difficult PGA National. PGA uh, National, the Champions course in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Luke Donald, Lee Westwood only won back in this one. A rough week for Canadians. We had one of our boys, Mackenzie Hughes, make the cut. Mackenzie, he's two over par heading to the weekend. All our boys missed the cut. David Hearn going home. Corey Connors, Roger Sloan, Michael Glickick. It was a hard week for Team Canada. Hopefully they get it back on track next week. Let's go, boys. Let's uh, build on that Nick Taylor win. A few weeks ago. And if you were with us earlier in the show, you heard Doug Bell suggest wins are going to be up at PGA National later this afternoon. That equals one thing at the Bear Trap. Car crash. If you like double and triple bogeys, watch the Bear Trap later this afternoon. Remember, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues this year. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada on Instagram and Twitter. And if you don't get two hours of GTC, download the podcast from iTunes or do it from tsn.ca. And also, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Thank you so much for listening this week. We're going to give away uh, this week on Twitter. If you joined in on the uh, Champions menu, no worries. 
Uh, and if you're listening to a market that isn't listening to us live, you can still give us your Masters Champions menu and still have a uh, chance to win that TaylorMade Picks prize swag bag. We're going to draw Monday or Tuesdays to make sure that everybody listening coast to coast, whether it's on Saturday or Sunday or in a delayed market, you have a chance to win the TaylorMade swag. Thank you so much for listening. We're back next week. Everybody in studio for next week's GTC. We have a full round table ready to go to preview the Players' Championship. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. Woo! This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries of golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television Weekly on the TSN Television Network.